This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey people, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and uh, welcome to another episode of The Soul's Journey. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and also an energy worker and a channel, and I combine all of those in readings, and it's it's a, a Neptunian shamanic multidimensional process, but I n- almost never use the word shamanic, but it is. And I think it's going to come up in our conversation tonight uh, with my guest. Um, so I combine all those things and do energy work and read chakras and integrate past lives and do all those things to help you understand what your soul has you here to do to clear debris and blocks and see how to make happen what your soul has you here to do. So the show is called The Soul's Journey, and tonight is going to be primarily a conversation about soul with my guest Donna Woodwell, um, who does traditional astrology. But she's not coming to traditional astrology from a place that doesn't open to Neptunian reality. So sometimes when I hear people talk traditional astrological stuff, I can't really find them. I can't really connect with them because I'm so Neptunian, I have to find somebody who gets Neptune in a certain way. And so I hear, I feel subtext. And if the subtext is, I know I'm right, this is a debate, you know, that kind of thing, I'm like, I don't get that. I want to understand that. I want to learn that. But I just don't get it. So we're going to talk about that after I do some announcements. And then we're also going to, I'm going to nudge the conversation in the direction of talking about living consciously with Neptune. Since, um, Donna and I actually each have moon-Neptune conjunctions in Sagittarius, and I think there's a lot that we can talk about about conscious ways of using those energies. So to start off, I want to do some announcements. Intuitive Skills Development Class, which is a 10-week course to get a tour of your chakras, a tour of what you're here to do, insight from guides, meditation, energy work, and a ton of tools to, to clear up your energy field, to be more comfortable in your body, improve health. All those things, that starts Saturday, February 21st, and I also have a Sunday section. I was nudged by my guides to offer two sections, and uh, I was promoting this, the Saturday section a lot, and I, the Sunday thing kept filling up. So anyway, you have an option of Saturday or Sunday, starting the 21st or 22nd of February. Be in touch with me to ask questions. There's a PDF flyer on my site you can access through the courses page and also through my blog. Uh, I'm really excited to do this. It's, I've had profound change of you know the framework of how i view my life and how to work with guides through doing a a version of this course with another teacher about 10 years ago and i'm really excited to do this Uh, i love teaching it so now i'll be teaching it all weekend (laughs) saturday and sunday this year another announcement the tucson uh, gem show is coming up uh which is the it's not what it's officially called but it's the largest and most spectacular and rad uh crystal and gem show on the planet. And that's happening. It starts Saturday. I can't wait. So one of my jobs is to go there and get a bunch of onyx. Another one of my jobs is to go there and get a bunch of labradorite. And I will be cutting, polishing, and charging with uh, the frequencies of Ascended Master Jehudi, also known as Thoth and St. Germain and Merlin, and Archangel Metatron, 
be charging those stones with these frequencies for different purposes. So stay tuned for that. I'm really excited. And a friend of mine from Vancouver, BC, uh, whom I met when I was there in October, uh, Teza Zalcita, will be here to do an Akashic Records workshop. You can find out the information uh, through my meetup group called Shift. So you can look around for that on, on Meetup. And that's going to be the, in the first uh, week in February, so this coming week. So those are my announcements. I want to introduce uh, Donna from Donna's uh, Donna Woodwell's site, which is uh, fourmoonsastrology.com. I'm a catalyst for change in myself and others. Her mission is to live creatively with passion, purpose, abundance, and joy, and empower others to do the same. Blending astrology, business acumen, and metaphysical training, she helps her clients find creative solutions to life challenges. So, Donna, I'm so excited to have you here, a Nep- Neptunian other who can who can uh, traffic in conversations about soul and different perspectives on astrology. So, welcome to the Soul's Journey. Well, Tom, thank you for having me tonight. This is going to be fun. Great, thank you. So, so as, as my as my listeners know, people who listen to the podcast and the archive or through iTunes, and who listen to the show live, they know that. The way I do astrology is informed directly by how I work with soul from the perspective of dead people and ascended masters, an ascended master in particular, who, who, whom I mentioned, Jehudi, Thoth, St. Germain Merlin, it's all the same guy. And um, my relationship with him started because I was reading evolutionary astrology and studying, and I was like, well, gosh, I just feel like there's more I want to know, and I wasn't finding it. So everything he shows me is about looking ahead. The Aquarian Age stuff and, and kind of looking ahead. So, so this show is conceived in part because I want you to help us understand more about how our astrological ancestors is how I keep thinking about it. You know, maybe the ancients or the ancient Greeks or whatever. Uh, but how they conceive of and perhaps see or work with soul, uh, in the birth chart. Like, like, you know, when I bring that to you, like you understand kind of the, the, the kind of strategy of evolutionary astrology where we start with this idea of the soul's journey or something like that. How did our, our uh, astrological ancestors think about this and, and work with that in charts? Well, you know, to start out with, I think this is something that you will get when you say astrological ancestors. You know, that was us. That was just us in a different form, working with different tools. So, yes. Um, but we I mean, they have cultural all, filters and that kind of we thing. We have cultural filters, yeah. just like we have different words that we use to describe things today. And so I think that's the, the, the major difference is that they had, they were coming from a different cultural perspective when they were describing soul and their paradigm. Not that they didn't have the same, um, internal experience. People are people. And so we've always yearned for something deeper and more magical and a sense of holistic connectedness that we still have today. Mm -hmm. And so let's go back a little bit. You know, um, astrology in the form that we have it today, meaning a wheel and an ascendant and houses around the thing. You know, that was developed in Hellenistic times. So somewhere between the second century BC or BC, um, uh, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then to like a few hundred years after that. So that period of time around the beginning of the the zero millennium. And there was a lot of things going on at that point in time in history. So we were, this was the Hellenistic realm called that because Alexander the Great had gone all the way to India and conquered that all the way down to Egypt. 
And they had created the city in Alexandria, which was a cosmopolitan melting pot. Mm-hmm. All these metaphysical ideas, all about what was in Egypt and what was in Greece and what was in Persia and in the Chaldean realm, which is kind of in between, and all the way over to India, bringing all their ideas and experiences together and trying to do what pretty much what we do today, which is understand a path for soul based on the dialogue of all these very intelligent, passionate people. Really an amazing time to have been alive because we just keep doing the same thing in the Renaissance and we do it today. And so for the Greek perspective, what was common in, in it's called paideia. A culture has a paideia. It's the common language of things that everybody's familiar with. Our paideia includes things like Coca-Cola and, and Santa Claus. Um, their paideia included Plato and the, and the, and the Homeric hymns. That's what they were working with. And so if you go back to Plato and you look in how he was talking about soul, he had this idea that we are all divine beings and that we come down here to have a human experience because we want to learn certain things. And that as the last step on the way, down, descending down through the various realms called theory of emanation, we meet with uh, well, the equivalent of a guardian angel. They called it a daimon, so they okay. eventually turned it into the word demon. And the daimon would sit, and, and, and we, there would be a bunch of basically astrological moments, charts, if you want to call it. And we would choose a chart that fit most closely with what we wanted to learn in this particular incarnation. Okay. And then we'd you know, put it in our little parachute, and we'd jump down with our chart. And that would set the whole the wheel in motion, and it's called the myth of Ur, and it's in Plato, and it was written 600 years BCE. So think about that. It's not that far away from the way we conceive of this today. I mean, that is exactly, that's a very clean distillation of what I teach, like what the Ascended Master tells me about soul. Like, that's it. Yeah, that's that's Plato. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And Plato had his own teachers. I mean, Parmenides and Empedocles, before him, you go and read Peter Kingsley is great on this topic. It's already resonating even before Plato. Uh, Plato's 400. Empedocles is more like 600. Um, So, I mean, this is what we had. And then by about 200, 300 AD, BC, um, common era, CE, um, we have the Neoplatonic, people like Plotinus, who had this this very sophisticated conception of the universe where we start as all one, the Godhead, the, 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 the one being, however you want, to, you want to define it, and the one diffuses itself into something called noose in his parlance, and that's where it's ideas and thought and the original right. forms of things, which, you know, we, they could have said archetopos the original uh, structuring ideas. That's where we get the word archetype from. And then from there, news descends down into suke. And suke is the Greek word for soul. It's what happens when archetype gets movement and starts moving out in time. And so then soul, and then that soul comes down into physical reality, the nature world. And that we're connected on all of these different levels. Not like we just you know drop off one and then start a different one. They're all right. together. Right. And so this is the philosophy that was a common thing in the Greek realms when people were creating astrology. And so like Plotinus' student who took all the notes and wrote down Plotinus' philosophy was Porphyry. The same Porphyry of the Porphyry house system. 
Right. But we right. know the astrologers were steeped in this to the point where they just considered it common sense. Okay. And so an astrology chart was a way to help you reconnect to your divine essence because it was literally the heavenly writing. It's what your daimon, your guardian spirit, gave you and set up to get you in motion. And so working with all of the planets, working to master them, work well with them, to transmute their energy into something faster and higher vibration, as we might say today, was what astrology was for. That was the goal of astrology. Yeah. Well, and, but, uh, but this also parallels the the from Jyotishi, the ancient Indian system often called um, – uh, oh my God! What's it called? It's called Vedic astrology, but that's kind of a misnomer. This parallels that, where there's a big blob yeah. of all-knowing consciousness, and then it separates itself into, you know, and then it kind of descends into Mahat, and then it separates itself into these individual discrete portions. Yes. So it's that's exactly the same thing too. Yes, because they were all talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. They were all in conversation, and so they used slightly different language to describe the process, but they certainly weren't doing something completely different. Right, and and this is why it's so easy if, if traditional astrologers are honest with themselves, it's really easy to look at Vedic astrology and understand what they're doing because it's, they're so closely connected. Mm-hmm. It's just that Vedic astrology didn't lose that spiritual context that Western astrology lost over the intervening years uh-huh. for some real reasons. Right. The church decided, first of all, that um, you can't do this pagan thing, like this idea that there are guardian angels and guardian yeah. spirits and things in astrology. That, <laughs> right. that was not allowed. And so daimons literally became demonized. They, were, they yeah. were the demons you weren't supposed to talk to. But it couldn't completely disappear because all things, we're still people and we still yearn for meaning. And so even if like one side says no, the other side says, hey, but what if we name it this? Right. So by the time we got to... Oh, the Middle Ages, this, all of this wisdom had gone through the Arabic side of the culture. And it came back up through into Europe from Toledo, up from the, the Arabic conquest of Spain and this new Arabic knowledge in the Spanish uh, educational institutions. It came back from Constantinople on the other side because we were sending missionaries between the Western Roman Church and the Eastern Church in Constantinople, and the scholars were starting to come back with with original copies of the Hermetic works. I mean, Hermes being Foss, who you're working with, so right, exactly, there's a right. connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're bringing it all back in the Renaissance, and all of a sudden, the Medicis, who were like book thieves, they're going all around the world, give us books. Right. <laughs> and with landing in what became what was known as the Platonic Academy. And this academy was created by the Medicis and staffed by really astrological scholars and translators. Marsilio Ficino was the head of it mm. to translate Plato. And when they found the Corpus Hermeticum, the Hermetic documents, they thought they had found like the wisdom of Moses. And they were like, okay, stop doing everything else. Don't translate <laughs> Plato anymore. Let's do the Hermetica because this right. is where the deal is. So they were taking all of that newfound knowledge. They, they really believed they had found the secrets of the entire universe because they had found the keys of the Western esoteric tradition. Everything started to make sense again. And they created this whole magical system based around astrology once again. And we almost kept it, except for this thing called the scientific revolution. And then we lost it again. Well, the, so, age, of, the yeah. age of reason. The age of reason. Yeah, the, with the assertion the of... Argument. Yeah. 
In dark, I meant. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, I've called it that, too. I've called it yeah, that, too. The divorce of of the intellect from the human, the, the, the soul, the, the heart, however you want to use that term, the, the intuitive side of our personality. Yeah. And, you know, it's coming back now because science is realizing that you can't take emotion, you can't take heart out of the equation. Right. I mean, if you are, if you have a brain damage and you can't feel your emotions, you cannot make qualitative decisions. You can read Antonio Damasi or anybody else who's doing the nurse neuroscience thing, and they're coming back to the idea that we need all of these parts of ourselves. You know, it's called the vertical dimension or the sacred dimension. We need that experience to have a full, fulfilled, happy human life. And hence, we get things like positive psychology and things that are basically giving us exercises that are identical to what the Greeks were doing 2,000 years ago. Right. Well, thank you. So let's put a, let's put a, a dot, dot, dot on that. We're going to take the first break and come back. This is A Soul's Journey. I'm Tom Jacobs with astrologer Donna Woodwell talking about soul. Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepen meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com.
Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is your pal Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. My guest is astrologer Donna Woodwell, uh, who's in uh, Austin, Texas. And um, we're talking about uh, soul and and uh, your, your pal Tom is, is getting some insight into a bunch of stuff that he's been taught by soul – about soul by the Ascended Master he works with is actually kind of really the same stuff that uh, that are that – are, our Greek compadres uh, in the ancient world were working with about soul. So, um, so Donna, what I what I want to ask you about is, uh, I mean, I'm not really surprised to find this out, but I kind of am, but I'm not really because this is just something that's true that people have been playing with intuitively for a very long time. But what I want to ask you about is this notion of multidimensionality, and that's a word that I would use for. You know, the idea of present lives and past lives, I want to know what the, what the, what the Greeks might say about this or from, from other, you know, cultures and, and, and your other studies, uh, regarding these ancient thinkers. Um, do they see past lives, present lives? Do they see this Godhead as working through us all simultaneously? Like, like I'm wondering about their relationship and with their conception of soul and a timeline. Which, okay. well, yeah, some of this for us is a modern concept because we have things like science fiction mm-hmm. and we play with these ideas because we are sciency based. So I, there was a concept of transmigration of souls that it's occasionally mentioned in places like Plato, but it wasn't their main thing. Their okay. main thing was more, um, it was twofold. It was how... How we as humans, what practices, what um, virtues, that's the word they use, what virtues mm-hmm. should we cultivate to become more star-like, to become more divine, okay. to reunite with the Godhead? So there was a whole series of exercises, magical practices, rituals, um, everything from char- charging talismans to performing certain actions to prayers and everything else to go back up to the Godhead. And many of them were astrologically timed. One branch of it's called astral theurgy. Um, then there was the second half of the, of the equation is like, okay, if the Godhead creates and we are like the Godhead, then we should be able to create. So in order to master our physical environment, we need to learn the process of how creation occurs so that we can duplicate it in our own lives. And that, that is especially a focus in the Western tradition because we like mucking with stuff. We right. like we like making it our way. <laughs> so yeah. that's, what, that's what we do in our culture. And so magic, that magical side of what the correspondence was were and how to work with them and vibrate on different levels of existence so that as above becomes so below. Mm-hmm. And th- so those were the things that they were more concerned with rather than um, – what the soul was doing from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. It was more okay. like what the soul can do in this lifetime this to get lifetime, back, yeah. get back to a divine place. Because ultimately, um, it was connecting to that divine that was more important. But I mean, they at least had the the vague concept that what you accomplish here becomes the seeds of what you accomplish in other times. Like when you're up there. Mm-hmm looking for the lifetime that what you want to accomplish in this lifetime yeah. they at least had that concept so and and again there was cross-pollination between um indus river valley and yes. and greece so and and 
Egypt. So just because we don't have it written down doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right, right. And from and from ancient India is you know this this conception of karma and samsara, the wheel, and like the the the, the this process that is based in. You know, this conception of soul that is based in linear time because we are physically based in linear time. And so, so I was kind of wondering how much it might have bled through because, what? um, that See, Indian conception of karma, I'm being told by the Ascended Master that that's, that's not it. Here you can change karma. It's not quite the same that it's been taught for thousands of years through that system. So I was just wondering, like, you know, where that was. Well, you know, I- some of this timeline stuff gets really, really complicated because okay. we know some of these ideas in India. I mean, the Buddha was about 600 um, BCE as well. So he's older than some of this Greek stuff. But what the Buddha was doing comes from far older than that. And in the Indus River Valley, what they were writing on to keep records were banana leaves. And you can just imagine how how permeate permanent banana leaves are so we've lost a lot of written materials i mean there's translations of translations but still at at some point in time so and 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 the stuff we do have it's sitting in huge archives because no one's bothered to translate it all so there Uh must be stuff there that could be absolutely stunning and amazing but there is nobody funneling a bunch of money into the translation projects right so You know, we've, we, some of our history is being filled in by looking around at indigenous traditions today and seeing how they're doing it, by what's left over in these various religions and how they fit together, and by channeled information. Because mm-hmm. it, it's, it gives you that lightning, oh, I bet you this to this, and then you go look it up and you go, sure enough, there it is. All right, we're on the right track. And right. 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 Interesting. Thank you. But there's really no, I mean, the idea that, we mentioned this when we started that that evolutionary astrology is the only kind of astrology that matters soul matters or right. that traditional astrology only cares about things you can kick is just it's kind of silly because right. i mean you're going to agree with this all of it is soul i mean mm-hmm. all of it is 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 thought and it's just a dense form of thought so this is not stuff being affected by thought it's thought being affected by thought. And yeah. that's how, when we start talking about things, how do we manifest this, that, and the other thing? It's all thought. So um, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day whether you can kick it or whether it's going on in your psyche or it's going on in your soul level because they're all mirrors of each other anyway. Yeah. You know, as my yeah. hermetic teacher used to say, start anywhere since it's all connected. Just start. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, my, one of one of the things that that I kind of come to with this, you know, carrying in with this conversation, I'm realizing as we're talking, is that you know some of these writers and texts that you've mentioned, uh, I actually have had to read because I did a philosophy major in college. But at that time, I mean, I went into college to do music performance, so philosophy was very far away from where I was, and then I just kind of stumbled into it. And what really got me was that you could look at a piece of literature as a philosophical work. And that's when I said, holy expletives, that's what I'm going to do, because I was really into interest in literature and art. So anyway, so I got into this, and so I'm reading what I would, you know, perhaps ungenerously call the moldy oldies, because I had to for these course requirements, <laughs> you know, and reading them. And I'm, But I was looking for something that I only found 
when I got to Camus, who's a 20th century, Albert Camus is a 20th century French Algerian thinker. I did a show a few months ago for people who are listening, uh, that's in the archive on, uh, on existentialism, including this. But anyway, so I realized that I have this, I have had this resistance, you know, just to be, to be plain, I was kind of being quiet for a while because I was watching this process unfold in my head, this, this feeling of why am I reacting this way? And it's just like I have resisted some of these ancient conceptions because I've been like, you know, in 20th century thought and kind of really clinging. You know what I'm saying? Philosophy teachers well, who are stuck in an intellectualized world well, and projecting yeah. their stuff on everything, so, and through a filter that right. basically says that progress is always good, and that yeah. er- there go what happens now is clearly better than what happened then because we are better than they are, well, and I, well, that I is do, just silly. I, I do want to say, to be fair to my teachers, they were wonderful teachers, but yes, it's a liberal arts school, and they were in that in that mindset. And and it's so I, I don't fault them at all, but I just kind of no, recognize it's, it's that structural, yeah, the atmosphere. You know, yeah, as, as and, Max Planck once said, in order for the old paradigms, uh, the, the paradigm to shift, the holders of the old paradigm have to die, and right. you know we get we get very fixed in our ways because yeah, our exactly. ego likes being right. Well, that's the thing with what looks like a debate. If, you know, as to whether evolutionary astrology or traditional astrology is better or right. And as I, what I mentioned to you when we, you know, when we got into right before the, the call, before the show started, we started our call and we we're chatting is that, that, you know, that idea of the debate and saying that what's actually, you know, we're, we're kind of headed in the same place. We're talking about the same things, but that, that need to be right is always divisive. And I said, and I said to you that I, I perceive, and it's been somebody mentioned this to me, and it makes a lot of sense that there are a bunch of people who are drawn into these two particular branches. And I said to you, I think you know, evolutionary and traditional, and I and I think it's because of our our burgeoning and blossoming and swelling need for, you know, to know that our lives are meaningful. So we go to these these things that that do you know these two uh, branches of astrology, or you know branches that talk about soul and that talk about creating a meaningful life. And so anyway. Absolutely. I I totally agree with you. I personally think that when people start debating psychological versus traditional or Mm. traditional versus evolutionary or or evolutionary versus psychological, I'm like, really, don't you understand? You're all playing from the same playbook. It's like all the grandchildren fighting about who's better when they all had the same grandparents. And <laughs> right. they're just they're looking right. at it in different ways. You're yelling about who has the best view of the elephant when right. one person has a foot and one person has a tail and one person has an ear and until the uh, you come back and start looking at the whole experience and and looking at it from the different levels of ourselves. It's not just the history books. It's looking at it with the head and the rational side of us and looking at it with the heart and yeah. feeling into it. And when you can do all of those things together, you become coherent. You become integrated in a way that allows the information from the higher to travel all the way down to what's here and the information here to travel all the way back. Right. Right. Well, that's actually that's actually a great uh, segue into this uh, idea of living a Neptunian life. And what, where I come from with this is living a Neptunian life in a conscious, responsible, grounded way. You know, that's kind of the whole the whole idea. And I've done a number of shows over the last couple of years on this concept because right after the show started, I got feedback from uh, somebody who had listened to the show, and I met her at a conference, and she said. 
you you're bringing this this obvious or evi- you know this evidenced experience of Neptune into astrology, and that's really interesting and appealing. And I was thought about it, and I was like, yeah, because some so, somehow we got this meme in our head that you can't really understand Neptune. Well, then if you're strongly Neptunian, if it's true that Neptune's vague and evasive and elusive and foggy, well, then how are you supposed to live with it if, for example, you have it conjunct your moon and Mercury like I do, or I have you know Pluto and Venus in the 12th house and they're all sextile? So this huge like triggering conversation in this Neptunian realm. Anyway, so I've done a number of shows on on that thing, and and this show is one of them. You know, fits in this series. So for you, you personally, this idea of living with Neptune is there is there a time in your life when you and you're you're if it's okay to mention this, like your Moon Neptune conjunctions in the first house, right? Yeah, it's well. I have Moon and Neptune at zero degrees Sagittarius, so very early, and mm-hmm. my ascendant is at two degrees of Sagittarius. So depending on who you listen to, it's in my first house or my twelfth. Oh God! So if it's whole sign, it's first, but yes. otherwise it's just above the horizon. Okay, it's got just it. just up barely, and okay. it's all square. I- it's all square Mercury at zero degrees Virgo, which is like at the top. Yes. Which is a, yeah. So 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 it's loud. Either way, it's loud, right? Yes. Both are for, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's in my face. <laughs> so is there is there a time? What I want to kind of pick your brain about. I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Is is there a time in your life when you didn't? And, and maybe this was just when you were a kid or just when you were 12 or whatever. But like, is there a time when you didn't have a handle on? living with Neptune in a healthy way. I mean, I'm not asking you for like your deep, dark secrets, but I'm just like, I'm just oh, wondering Lord, yes. how did, oh, okay. So, oh, God, so, yes. you know, not just like losing your keys, but kind of like messing things up because you're not sure how to pay attention. That kind of well, Neptunian fog. I, I mean, in a sense, I've been very lucky because I do have Mercury at zero degrees Virgo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a multitude of sins in our culture are forgiven for being brilliant and very good at what you do school-wise. So I got kudos <laughs> for the intellectual side of the equation. The yeah. other side of the equation, I said it's in, in, in the first or the twelfth, depending on how you look at it. But when I say it's in the twelfth, I say it's in jail. And because I, I couldn't, I didn't have any expression for it. And so, but it made me utterly miserable. I didn't understand why everything on the outside was on the inside sometimes. And I couldn't shut it out. I'd sit in the closet and sob or I'd throw up all the time because I I couldn't handle what I was, and yeah. you know, when I got a little older, I could I could lock it down harder. So, well, that was efficient, but that's what I did until yeah, I yeah. hit. By the time I got to graduate school, I was so ill, I was I was so riotously ill that I couldn't keep any food down. And of course, you know, that was about the time that I, I don't know Pluto came into Sagittarius, sitting on top of that moon Neptune, and. Right. Well, you know, the health crisis makes a wonderful things happen. And so one of those things was that I said, I, I, I'm not doing this anymore. And I ran, and the, you know, when you, you come up with that idea and things unlock, and I ran immediately into a woman who practiced shamanism. Okay. And so I totally changed my way of moving through myself. I still didn't know any astrology by then, but I was living it. And... Right. Yeah, living with Neptune unconsciously is I, – I think it's, it makes it kind of a malefic. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm getting at is that, 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 that we might not realize that we have that idea, but we often look at Neptune as something we should either try to avoid or try not to look at too closely. Well, and that's just kind of a meme. Because it likes avoiding things. <laughs> because, 
Because it's what? what? Like, because Neptune likes avoiding things. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but 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 there's this thing. There's this thing that's like it just looks like it's bad. Yeah. And and it's like it's it's you know I. I'm having this thing right now. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like air all my dirty, you know, my, my little secret here, but I'm having this thing right now where I have a very loud first house and a very loud 12th house. And I'm having this thing where I can, and I can see what's happening. Like I can see what's right and what is the right thing to do. But my personality is still having this involvement with when I make a decision, something else happens. And my personality is saying, um, gosh, do I have free will? Then I can see the difference, right? I see the thing of, well, if you use free will in alignment with what is true, and that would be a way that I might phrase stuff in the 12th house, like planets that need to work through that. And I'm having, I'm always having a, like my whole life is a Plutonian transit, <laughs> and so are art. <laughs> so, like, I'm having Pluto on my IC as of like last week that I, I mentioned to you in an email. And, um, and so anyway, so I'm having this thing of like, I even think I know how to live with Neptune in a conscious way. But I'm still up against this thing of like, well, you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, so, you know, the and spiritualists so have th- a saying for that. Yeah. Uh, the spiritualists say that the moment you say, I've got a handle on that, the universe listens and go, Oh, Oh, they figured it out. They need round two of the test. So go, go right. get the harder version and hand it to them. <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean, like, if, if I, if, if Tom, if Tom makes a decision, something else happens in its place. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what it is. I will have the thought, oh, gosh, I would like to do this later. And I immediately receive feedback that that's not going to happen. It's really it's really this crazy thing. And so even being very Neptunian and thinking that I know what it is, I'm still finding that personality confrontation. So I want to leave an ellipsis in there and take the second break. So uh, everybody st- stick with us. Astrologer Donna Woodwell is here with me. I'm Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey, and we'll be right back. Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. 
Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey uh, this is tom jacobs and my guest is astrologer donna woodwell i just want to make one comment you just heard this commercial for the charged uh, tigerite and red jasper pieces and i mentioned earlier labradorite and uh, uh onyx were on the way i actually did almost 20 pieces of onyx the other day and i put them up on my site on the tiger iron page so if you have been waiting for that go check it out i haven't gotten online the well, I guess it's about 20-page channel document from Jehudi about it. It's a, it's a dialogue I've had with him uh, spelling out how to work with it for trauma and PTSD is what specifically these onyx things are for. And actually, it's for all Plutonian issues focusing on you know really deep pain and empowerment through dealing with pain and, and trauma and PTSD. So anyway, back to um, my conversation with uh, Donna. So yes, yeah, so you just finished up all these, uh, all these uh, Neptune – I think of them as, I mean, just you know, squares. So all these different planets, immutable planets in your chart, but they're like they're like activations to get a person to work in harmony with, you know, the greater fabric of reality or a higher truth or well, a purpose. Absolutely. I mean, that's what Marsilio Ficino used to talk about. I mean, we like to call it remedial measures. I don't like the word remedial measures simply because it implies yeah. that the chart is broken. And it's like, no, the or, chart or is not are. broken. Or You're you not are. broken. <laughs> yeah. That's just like a psychology that like right. pathologizes everything. You're not broken. But it's, you know, it's giving you the opportunity to work with different kinds of planets in different ways. So what, what, for example, I've, Saturn on my ascendant now. Um, and so I get a chance, Saturn is knocking on my door to work with Saturn energies in a more conscious way because it's right there. And so he would say you do it two ways. One way is to become the avatar of that planet. You do that planet's favorite things here in physical incarnation because right. it's like stretching your muscles and lifting weights. So you get really good at being, at being Saturn. Mm-hmm. But you are not an archetype. You're a person. So if you can't over-identify with the planet, you're going to get totally lost and and depressed in Saturn's case or um, anxious in Mercury's case or something else depending on the planet. So you have to pick the complementary opposites of whatever that energy is to balance it out the equation like a seesaw. And that was the art of working yeah. with a chart was being able to surf with those waves of change both identifying with the planet, but also observing yourself and holding the space for the opposite so you didn't get lost in the planet. See, now it's funny you mentioned that because um, when I went to see a Jyotishi, in, you know, Vedic astrologer years ago, I had, two, I had two different readings when I was starting out in astrology. So it was like 12 years ago. And I, he, he prescribed from basically in, in my um, chart, in that system, this is unhappy, that's unhappy, this blows, that sucks, this is terrible. But... Saturn's happy. So he recommend, you know, he he re- basically gave me a prescription to do the mantra on Saturn 23,000 times. <laughs> and so I got a uh, mala, I got prayer beads 
And I would do it while I waited for the bus. And, mm-hmm. But like every day until it was done. I don't know. It took me under a month because it was just got in this group. But I kept doing it. Well, so that was um, 2004, 2005. I, because Saturn is also on my Neptune now. My Neptune's at uh, four. So Saturn's right, you know, like three, three, three and a half. Uh, I decided to intentionally do this. But realizing I don't want to go too far in that direction, I do I do the mantra on Saturn, and I do it silently in my head. So I do it like at the gym and at the sauna and when I'm like walking around. But when I'm done, then I do a heart-opening meditation at the end of it. And it's a kind of awkward, but again, it's like the opposite, like moon, like activating emotion and opening up softness as I ease out of it. So it's just funny that you said that because that well, is what I'm intentionally doing. What you do – gym, right? I mean, if you're going to go and do a bunch of forward bends, then you go and you do a bunch of back bends. Or yeah, exactly. if you're going to if you're going to go lift weights, then you do some kind of aerobic exercise. It's the yeah. same principle yeah. that you don't just do one. We're all here to find balance. Right. And balance is an art that's constantly moving. Just like the sky. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And so Soul has been associated with breath because it's constantly in and out and in and out. Right. Right. Excellent. So now you feel like you have a pretty good handle on Neptune, but of course we're all works in progress. And that's what we're talking about during this second break. My Neptune is nine minutes from my moon. I will never have a good handle on Neptune. No, but I mean, I want to reflect to you (laughs) that you seem to. Like when I read you energetically – (laughs) <laughs> you know, not like I'm being invasive or whatever, but like you seem to like you come off as somebody who isn't terribly confused or fighting the you know the Neptunian uh, impulse or the Neptunian activation or whatever the adjustments. I I've been lucky again. I say mm-hmm. I've, I've had a lot of internal balance in my chart. You know that Moon Neptune is across from Saturn. It's all squared by a bunch of Virgo planets. So I have had resources my whole life. I never did drugs. Didn't need to. Didn't have. Didn't need escape things because I had the intellectual stuff to entertain me. And so my escape has been right. work, which is not always a good thing either. And that's made me sick. And I've had to work through that. Mm-hmm. But um, for. You know, I've had astrologers look at that Neptune and go, oh, my God, your mother's an alcoholic or you must have terrible time with blah, blah. And I'm like, um, no, not really. <laughs> right, so right. I, I feel very lucky. And I've also been blessed with amazing teachers from the time I when I was in as an undergraduate, I, the Jesuits found me and I hung out with their retreat centers for a while, which was a whole experience. And then the shamanic folks found me and I had their experience. And then I got a hermetic teacher. So I've I've been I've had 20 years of formal training which you know most people read a book and and i just i feel very blessed that i've had the mouth the ear kind yeah definitely so so let's talk about the shamanic experiences and training that you've had for a minute just kind of tell me so so we talked about um you were in grad school and kind of health stuff was catching up with you and then you met this person who was involved in that can you just tell us a little bit about that opening I had actually found Barbara Brennan's book before I'd gone to Texas, and I and it just freaked me out because I'm like, I see that's what I see in my head, and someone's got a book about it, and this is not possible because I was I was so pushing against it. Um, so when I saw that someone was teaching an energetic healing class, I, I I was at that point I was so sick. I'm like, I will try anything. I don't care what it is, and so I just went, and I and we sat in circle, and she did the chakra meditation. And I was on fire 
Mm. I, I just on fire by the end of it. I couldn't speak, and she was like saying goodbye to everybody, and and she turned around, and looked at me, and she says, "You stay there." And right. <laughs> she went and said goodbye to more people. And she came back and she sat down next to me. And she's like, "Okay, from the from." The way your field looks right now, I can tell you two things. One, you've been really, really ill because you wouldn't turn that color if you weren't. Mm -hmm. And two, you're doing the healing work because you also wouldn't be turning that color. And three, you're really good at this. And if you ever need someone to work with you to help you sort this out, I am here. Here's all my information. So I I just – I I walked into the right place at the right time. And it set me on an amazing journey, which got me to astrology at the end of the day. Right. That's great. The tribe used to say, "You're you're, you're a white chick. Go learn your own tradition. And right. so that's what ended up happening. <laughs> right. And so you have that setup in the mutable signs that might, you know, inspire a person to attempt to control things, right? That kind of Saturn, you say it's an early Gemini and then Mercury's an early Virgo and they're square and that kind of, you know, there's a thing about that. Is, is Saturn in Gemini or is Saturn in, uh... My Saturn is in Gemini, yes. Okay. So, um, I'll just make that assumption because I'm assuming now it's on the descendant. It's really yes. close. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so so that can you know that is the absolute antithesis of what Neptune is always trying to get us to do, and I guess that's what I'm trying to reflect to you and my experience of interacting with you, and and I went to your you know one of your talks at at ESAR, the one about dream work, and you know that's why I'm trying to reflect to you that you seem to get the Neptune thing as much as anybody seems to. You know, like you know, I mean, like in the groove Sweet. of not fighting it. Well, I'm just kind of t- telling yes, you that because, because I would lose. Well, that's exactly right. All of us lose. That's, I mean, that's that's the whole point. I, I said yeah. shamanic practice. I'm an animist. You fight with things that are bigger than you. You lose. <laughs> so. Well, that's exactly right, and that's that's why I'm talking about this idea of living consciously with Neptune and, and adapting, and you know, even telling that part of my story of if I make a choice, it's replaced. You know, and and, and it's kind of like learning about how to adapt to greater to greater forces. Yeah, especially and people, because it's you're not even fighting with things. I mean, you're you're fighting with your own soul for yeah. lack of. Who do you think yeah. is in charge? It's not your ego. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, no ego would come down here and make the messes that we make intentionally. Right. And I mean, that's just crazy. It's our soul coming down and working with this shell of, of talky mind to try to f- interpret everything that's going on. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you are in charge of you. It's just you keep forgetting. We all keep forgetting that we are in charge of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Well, then that's a whole other show. That's a whole other hour-long <laughs> thing about who's in you charge. You just have to invite me back because yeah. I love yeah, we'll talking. Yeah, we'll do it. You're fun. <laughs> well, so, so tell us. So tell um tell the listeners. Uh, I mentioned your website earlier, but tell us that and tell us what upcoming courses you have. And I know that you do a radio show too. At least I one. Do. I think you might do two, actually. Don't we you do? do? Well, I do one right now, but we're going to start a second one, I think. Well, um, t- so- give us a rundown on that so our listeners can, can find you and catch up with you and keep keep up with oh. what you're doing. Okay. Well, I my website is Four Moons Astrology, and that's F-O-U-R, astrology.com. So all my stuff is there, but I teach at Kepler College. So mm-hmm. we've got two great courses on soul coming up really soon. I'm going to be doing a three-hour workshop at the end of February called Know Thyself, and it's on the ancient spiritual practices of the people. People that invented astrology. So it's only three hours. 
often, you know, a small investment, so, and it's online, um, mm-hmm. but there's also a longer six-week course that's being taught on Kepler on images of soul in ancient astrology. So if you wanted to dive in and take six weeks, just go to Kepler.edu and you can find all the information. I have a radio show on Paramania Radio called Donna Philosophica, and we talk about all the ways to connect to your inner genius, and I interview all, hey, Tom's going to be on the show. Perfect. My show. Uh, all the ways you can connect to your inner genius. So we go the gambit from Reiki to palmistry to astrology to um, weight management to whatever I feel like talking about that week. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and that's called? It's called Donna Philosophica on Perfect. Paramania Radio. Perfect. Yeah, great. Perfect. Yeah, this is this is good. This is really good. I'm really glad that you joined me. And well, I'm glad you reached out yeah. because I, you. you know I, I don't know how all your listeners realize, but that I am a traditional astrologer. I learned it because it fit with my shamanic background. And you're an evolutionary astrologer, and we're not supposed to talk. I heard that once. Not yeah, to. yeah. That's what. That's what. Um, is just stupid. I know, isn't of, it? Isn't yeah. it crazy? I mean, we all live yeah. under the same sky, for heaven's sakes. I mean, even within evolutionary astrology, there's an apparent divide. And it also is stupid. It's about waving – it's like – it's about some people needing to wave a flag that they're right. And it's just like, well, okay, then why would I hang out with you? You know, like if that's – you know. So the, the the whole divide thing is just, you know, having a flag to be right is always divisive. I mean, it's, it's like someone arguing that French is better than English or something silly like that. It's yeah, like if exactly. you have something interesting to tell me about my life, exactly. I'm worried about my life, not yeah. – language you're using to talk about it in perfect yeah i appreciate that thank you thank you well so we have um two two minutes left i wasn't watching the time in the right way so uh, we have two more minutes what do you want to talk about i don't know okay cool wait wait what's going on right now is anything interesting <laughs> happening in the sky right now <laughs> oh in the sky oh there's usually not anything interesting i don't know happening. see i just i just took over this daily horoscope from mysign.com and uh-huh. so i'm like in you know dailies it's a thousand words a day and 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 wow. they wanted me to do it on love and sex so you can always go to mysign.com and you can check out my love and sex horoscope oh that's good i'm um, glad that announcement got in there since you're, you're doing <laughs> that i know people people might be interested yeah Last definitely people interested. Thing you get to hear about um all the ways you can go dating with <laughs> well so it's interesting you're, you're starting that as venus enters pisces during a oh no actually it, it was it was really funny the week they called me um neptune was opposing my natal venus at at five degrees virgo and venus was transiting across my ascendant exact so within like a day of those two things happening they're on the phone going hey we got this call and we want you to write and Astrology is just amazing that way. Perfect, perfect. Well, Donna, thank you so much for for coming on the show, and we'll definitely we'll definitely have you back again. And uh, I love the I love the back and forth. I love the wealth of um, insight you bring, like the knowledge, but also the insight and the recognition that people are people. I really value that, and so I'm really glad to have had you on the show. Oh, we, at least we entertain ourselves, you know. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So you can check out Donna's work at fourmoonsastrology.com and uh, my work at tdjacobs.com. And I just want to leave it with the last note that that intuitive skills development class. There are a couple spots still open for February 21st and 22nd for 10 weeks. You can check that out through tdjacobs.com, and I'll be back live uh, next week talking about something I feel like talking about that may interest you. Take care. Have a good week. You've been listening to the Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology and soul, inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific, 
Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com. 